Welcome to the Minority League, a podcast that will look at how people, especially minorities, live, work, and play in spaces not designed for them. This season, we're looking at race and hockey and asking the question, why aren't there more minorities in hockey? I'm Anar Virji. And I'm Manashi Mukherjee. This episode, we're taking you to an ice skating rink in the Fort DuPont neighborhood in Washington, D.C. to meet one of the most influential hockey players in the United States, Neil Henderson. The players call him Coach Neil, and he's the founder of the Fort DuPont Cannons. The Cannons are the oldest minority youth hockey league in the United States. The team was founded in 1976, and Coach Henderson has been coaching it for more than four decades. The Fort DuPont Cannons practice at Fort DuPont Ice Arena. It's the only public indoor ice rink in Washington, D.C. The rink is nestled on a hill in a neighborhood that's more than 90% black, in a city whose population is about 43% black. In the arena, you'll find equipment storage for the kids in closets that Coach Henderson himself built. In his office there, he's got numerous photos illustrating the years of building this team that started out with a little nudge from his son. Well, it was my son's fault because I used to, I started the program that where we live out in Maryland, Ardmore, and we, I helped start the program there with football, basketball, and track and baseball. And in the winter, when there was no sports going on and it would snow, I tamped down the snow in the driveway. And when I tamped down the snow in the driveway, I'd get the hockey sticks out and we would play. And then the kids that I taught to ice skate in the neighborhood, we'd come up and play stick hockey. And we'd be all playing hockey. And my son said, Dad, why don't you start a hockey team? So I said, well, we got to rent ice and all of that. So in the process of doing that, uh, I came here and ice was very cheap then, $35 an hour. And I started renting ice. So one day, a young man was standing out on the glass and he was looking in and he actually had his face plastered against his nose was like that against the glass. So I skated over and came out the door and I went around to him and I says, you want to play hockey? He says, yeah. He says, but I can't skate. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll teach you. These guys can skate already. So I'll teach you to skate. So I said, but you gotta go home and get your parents. I said, and I'll talk to them. And uh, he says, okay, I'll be right back. I said, fine. So he came back and had his mother with him. And she says, I don't have any money. I said, I didn't ask you any money. I'm asking for your son. I said, he wants to play hockey. I said, would it be all right to have him out on the ice? And she says, well, I don't know. I says, I'll make sure he gets home. So she says, okay. So at that time, I only had a car. So anyway, I had kids packed in my car and had him in there and all the kids were glad to see him. He said, now we got enough reach side. We got him, you know. 
He, says, he told him, he says, I can't skate. He said, that's all right. We'll make you the goaltender. <laughs> you know, so they started out with him, you know. And uh, he asked, when are we coming back? And I told him. I says, I'll be back on Wednesday. He said, the same time? I said, yeah. He says, uh, will it be okay if I come? I said, yeah, I'll be glad to see you. So we get here, I guess it's about 5.30, 5.15 around that time. Here he is sitting on the steps with three other guys, kids with him, you know. They were waiting for you. Yeah. So he, he told the other kids, says, that's my coach right there. He said, that's my coach. That's my coach, you know. He kept saying that. And I says, well, who are these guys right? He said, these are my cousins. They want to play too. I said, oh, my God. What have I got myself into, you know? So I told him, go get your parents. So here they come, all these people, about four or five of them come, you know. And all of them say they didn't, they didn't have any money. So I said, that's all right, you know. The ice is paid for, can I have your kids? So they, they all agreed, you know. So I went home, I told the wife, I said, I got myself into a pickle, you know. I said, now I gotta buy a van. So that weekend I went out and bought a van. You bought a van? Uh-huh. I bought a van for the kids. And <laughs> I had it all fixed just like I wanted and everything. You know, had the seats in it like I wanted, a 15-passenger van. Oh my gosh. And uh, I had all these kids, and they said, well, we got we to gotta have a name for our team. I said, oh, I says, I hadn't thought about that yet. I said, you guys are just learning to skate and play hockey. I said, it's gonna take you a while for that. He said, no, no, we're ready. I said, you're not ready yet. I said, it's gonna take you a while to learn. So in the meantime, I uh, went down in the park because they had a museum down in the park here. And I was looking around and I started reading the history of this park. And this used to be a fort. And when I found out that this fort was secured by slaves during the Civil War, and they fought for the Union. Wow. So I said, no, I got Fort DuPont. Now I got to think of another name. And the name came up, a fort has got cannons. So the name of the team is the Fort DuPont Cannons. So I came back and I said, now for a team I got to get colors. So black represents the soldiers, the brass represents the buttons on their uniform, and white represents their officers. So that's why we have these colors. Oh, I didn't know that. That's 
that's fascinating. I knew about that was named at, that the team was named after Fort DuPont, but I didn't know about the colors and mm-hmm. how they were chosen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have um, you have such a generous heart to um, to rent the rank to um, say to these players and their parents, don't worry about. Um, getting the equipment and then buying a van to make all of this possible and you've been doing this for more than four decades Mm -hmm. I mean what can you talk about how clearly this is very important to you what impact has it had on your life well when you have a kid doesn't have a father and he's living with a grandmother who can't afford anything and he wants to be a part of something and he has no means to show his worth that he can go out on that ice and accomplish something and say, I have arrived. I can do this. I can go to school and tell people I can play ice hockey and tell his buddies, we just come back from New York or we just got back from Detroit for playing ice hockey. And I learned what the Motor City means. I learned what going to Ohio means when they say Johnny Appleseed went this way. So they learn things because I tell them things that the teachers don't tell them. Anar, you were able to go to the arena when we did this interview. I was on the phone from New York in my apartment and it sounded like the last question uh, prompted a lot of emotion from Coach Henderson. It definitely did. I could tell that from his face that there's a real depth of emotion that he feels talking about the players that he's coached and that he has a lot of empathy for what they go through outside of the rink. His players' lives and the hardships that they sometimes face really um, affect him and that he really wants to be able to have a positive influence on their lives. It, it's Your story is remarkable. This every You know, when Anar first mentioned your team and we started doing some research and we started reading and it, it's just, like, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch kind of tearing up. It, the, the stories are amazing and, and you know, I love... Um, the history that you shared with us so I can you know I can imagine like these road trips with these guys you know with these kids uh, they're probably learning so much and it's it you know it's gonna stay with them for the rest of their lives this education it's not like book learning and it's awesome well thank you well I I uh, enjoy doing it and I tell kids all the time is that you have to do things to make yourself comfortable in life. And you have to do things to make other people accept and admire you for it. Because that's a part of life. 
and everybody is worth something. You just have to find out what your worth is. Coach Henderson's work has had a lasting impact, not just on the community where the team is based, but also far outside of it. He's coached thousands of kids, some of them coming from other cities, including as far away as Philadelphia. In 2019, Neil Henderson was inducted into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame for his contributions to the sport. Here's what he had to say about receiving that honor. Well, it was surprising and rewarding. Uh, I'm not one to uh, really, I guess, show myself. I would rather push this kid up there and let him know that he has an opportunity and a place in society that he must fulfill. And if I'm the one to put him in that spotlight, the happier I am for him. I I saw that in practice today that you were one-on-one with um, with kids, uh, talking to them about their equipment, adjusting their helmets, and um, talking to them about their skills. I always believed in perfection. Uh, I don't believe in doing something halfway or just because. I don't believe in that. And I believe in, you put the work in. You spend your time to do it and you must do it well. You know, a lot of people that I talk to and I tell them, I say, tell me which is the smartest horse, four-legged horse that you know of. What are you talking about? I says, the smartest horse. What do you mean? I said, the, the Arabian horse is the smartest horse that you could own. I said, what do you mean? I said, you take that horse that has never seen a sulky race. You take the horse and you put it there and let him see it. Let him see that horse and sulky go around the track. Then you take that Arabian horse and do it that a Raven has to do it like he's been doing it all the time. I see you take him out of there, put it, that horse in a gate, and let a jockey get on its back. Let him see that horse go around the track with that jockey on it. Then you put that Arabian horse in there. You do the same thing like he's been doing it all the time. <laughs> That's a smart animal. I said, you take a human being and you let them see it, you train that individual, and it'll look like he's been doing it all of his life. Anar, since you were on site and got to experience the practice, do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like in the arena that day? Yeah, it was pretty cool. There were um, probably about 15 to 20 
kids there and they range in age up to teenagers. Um, there are a lot of different skill levels. Some of them clearly had been skating for a while and others seem newer to the sport. And um, there were a couple of coaches on the ice and Coach Henderson was off the ice but um, kept on uh, shouting encouragement and also instruction to um, the players that were on the ice and doing drills. So you were texting me about a lot of different players that were skating like NHL ones. Yeah, I was really excited to see how they play and what skill level they're at. And it was pretty impressive to me that even at a young age, um, some of the kids have skating styles that are similar to some pro hockey players, especially the goalie who I think I texted you about quite a bit. He skated around the ice like Tristan Jari from the Penguins and even adjusted his helmet like the NHL goalies do. And um, so it's interesting to see those styles and peculiarities that kids pick up even at a young age. Yeah, I, I was just curious, um, Coach, have any of your players gone on to play professionally? Yes. Uh, uh, Dante Abercrombie played uh, in Europe, uh, and uh, he's now going to the NHL's coaching clinic, and he a coach for uh, a Division three college, and he's also a coach for the Washington Capitals 16 and 17 year old club. So Dante Abercrombie has done very well. And, That's amazing. Uh, I have another young man who graduated from the Naval Academy. He's a lieutenant colonel. And uh, his name is Ralph Featherstone. He's one of my coaches. He has an amazing story. Uh, when he went there, uh, coach told him that uh, he couldn't play hockey. And coach didn't even let him get on the ice. So I told him, I said, this is what you do. I said, you look that man straight in the eye and go back and tell him, let me practice one time and I'll never bother you again. He practiced one time. When he graduated from the Naval Academy, he was captain of the team and he has a plaque on the wall that'll be there forever for endurance. That's just an incredible story. That is, um, you clearly gave him good advice and had been a terrific coach to him. So, yeah. Yeah, not just in hockey, but in life too. Sure. Sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this, this program seems very much like it's, it, it really is a, a breeding ground for like a great mentorship program and, and hockey is part of it, but you know, it's well, hockey like is a tool. Yeah. I use it as a tool. And I tell you, you're not joining a club. You're joining a family. And I'm your uncle. I'm your brother. I'm your dad. 
I'm your grandfather. I'm all of these things. And I give each one a card. I says, when you can't talk to mom and dad, call me. I said, call me. I said, you, know, you and I will settle it. I said, and then we can talk to your parents. In our next episode, we will have part two of our interview with Coach Henderson. We'll also hear from some of the players he's coached and learn how his influence has impacted their lives. We'll hear from one of the players from the first group of kids, Hank Lee, who is now a coach for the Fort DuPont Cannons. We'll also be speaking to Geronte Jones, a recent player who now manages the rink and sometimes gets to drive the Zamboni. And finally, we'll speak to successful college hockey coach Dante Abercrombie, who Coach Henderson mentioned earlier in this episode. You can read more about the Fort DuPont Cannons at fdihc.org. The team runs on generous donations to make sure that everyone who wants to play hockey doesn't face financial barriers to the sport. If you're interested in donating, there's a donate button on the Canon's website. Again, that's fdihc.org. Thanks for spending an entire hockey period with us. Subscribe to the Minority League podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And visit us on theminorityleague.com. Follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter and Instagram at TMLPod. This episode was edited by Joe Alvaro and produced by Anar Virgi and Manashi Mukherjee.